Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about Rami Malek. Now, you might know Malek probably most famously for one of two places. He was on the television show Mr. Robot, and I think that's where he really got his large break. And then near the end of that run, he was in the Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody, where he played Freddie Mercury and shockingly won the Academy Award for this role. And May and I have mentioned him before on, I think it was on the episode, Egregious Wins of the 2010s or Overrated Best Actor Winners, one of those two episodes, because we both agree that Malik should not have won for this role in Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, that's not to say that he's not good in this role, but if we look at who else was nominated I think it's pretty clear that he should not have won. And as I mentioned in my series, Revisiting the Academy Awards, I think the Academy should always wait about three years before having the Academy Awards for that given year. Of course, they're never going to do this. But I think with time, you would see things played out. Tea leaves, so to speak, stirring in the cup. And you would have seen, especially based on what he's done with his career since winning the Academy Award, that it was given to the wrong person. Now, Malik is of Egyptian origin. He was born in the United States. And interestingly, he went to the same high school as Rachel Bilson, who probably isn't too well known. She was in the OC and also the same school as Kirsten Dunst. Uh, He was a year older than Kirsten Dunst. But eventually, he started working his way in television. He was in Gilmore Girls. We have an episode here on the Paladino universe. And eventually, he started getting some movie roles. Most of his movie roles were early on in Night in Museum where he played the pharaoh Achmenra. And then later on he was on that horrifically bad movie Battleship, the one with Taylor Kitsch and Rihanna based on, yes, the board game. And then he was on Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. He was Benjamin, one of the sidekicks. And then he had a role in The Master as... Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's essentially playing L. Ron Hubbard, his son. And then eventually you see him get the big role in Bohemian Rhapsody. Because during this time, from 2015 to 2018, he is doing Mr. Robot. Now, Mr. Robot, I think, is a fine show. I don't think there's anything super special about it. It is made by the guy who is married to one of my Sexy Saturdays, Emmy Russum, Sam Ismail. Uh, made that show, and he's done other th- other things since then. But that show was brought Malik some fame, and it was because of that. And I think because only certain people look like Freddie Mercury, or potentially could look like Freddie Mercury. He's cast in this movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, look to be fair, I loved Queen growing up. In fact, my second CD that I ever had was Queen's Greatest Hits, the one that had the black cover. And it's, it's essentially a, a snapshot of their video from Bohemian Rhapsody. And that was after Journey's Greatest Hits. Back then, we, there was the, the Columbia uh, 
mail-in CD thing. This is like 90, 89, 90. And it was one of those, get 11 CDs for free for a penny, and then you're paying full price for five more. And Queen was one of them, because I, I grew up with my, uh, Queen. My brother listened to Queen. And he would always tell me, another one bites the dust, says, uh, just do marijuana backwards. He would tell me stuff like that. But I loved Queen. So when this movie came out, I was excited. I was like, oh, it's the guy for Mr. Robot. But, you know, I get it. There's only so many people you can cast in this role. It's kind of like what I talked about in Everything Everywhere All at Once, how they got the, guy, the, the kid from Goonies in Temple of Doom to play the husband opposite Michelle Yeoh. Because, I mean, how many Chinese fluent actors are there that could really fit that role? Either way, so when he won this award, there was there was shock, but it was not completely surprising. Bohemian Rhapsody did very well, made tons of money. That movie made tons of money. And he did not sing in that movie, but he's good in it. And I've talked about it with May, how I think the Academy needs to have a separate category for people impersonating real life people. Because you're not creating a delineating a character you're mimicking now you might be adding your own takes to it kind of like you see with the great impersonators for example on Saturday Night Live like Dana Carvey and Will Ferrell and Daryl Hammond and John Hader and Bill Hader I should say and these guys they they take a little of the truth and then kind of make it their own but it's not, I don't think, the same amount of work. So you look at Gary Oldman got his Academy Award for playing Churchill. You look at Sean Penn got his second Academy Award for playing Harvey Milk. The list goes on and on. And actors know this. Look at Renee Zellweger winning it for Judy Garland. They know if they portray a real-life person, there's a better chance they can get the Academy Award. And I, I think he's fine in it. He's charismatic. He gets the mannerisms down pretty well. I just feel like have a separate Academy Award for impersonation or depicting somebody of real life. Now, if you look at who else was nominated this year, you have Bradley Cooper's Star is Born. We have the episode here, Cooper versus, I believe it's Gosling. We talk about his performance in that. He also directed that, of course. And you also have Christian Bale, who is one of, if not May's favorite actor, in Vice, portraying Dick Cheney. I don't know how you don't give it to those two guys. You watch Vice, as much as I have problems with Adam McKay's adult work, when you watch Vice and you try to overcome the obvious super propagandist message that is being pushed in that movie, he is incredibly good as Dick Cheney. You just Bale is such a chameleon. And he is so good in that. You forget that's Christian Bale. He is so good in that. And yes, he's impersonating a real life person. I get it. But he is so good in that. And then Bradley Cooper is excellent. Now, I've joked about it in the Cooper versus Gosling episode that he's essentially doing his best Sam Elliott impersonation playing Jackson Maine. Either way, I think both of those guys deserved it. And at, and at that point, of course, both of these guys, along with William Defoe, who was also nominated in Vigo, Morrison for Green Book. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is... The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. All these guys are top-notch actors that have been acting for decades. All of them. Bale, Cooper, Defoe, Mortensen. And then you give it to Rami Malek, who's essentially only been on television. It's just, no. You, you give it to Bale or Cooper. Viggo Mortensen's okay in Green Book, but no, I think you give it to Bale or Cooper. Absolutely. This was a complete robbing. And then look. And also, remember that for <clears throat> Best Actor, we typically don't give it to young men. Best Actress is typically given to younger women. You think of when Paltrow won it. You think of when Jennifer Lawrence won it. She must have been like 22. You think of when Emma Stone won it. We give that to young actresses. But typically, Best Actor is given to older men. And so when Rami Malek won it, it's kind of like, wow, you're bucking the trend there. But the movie had momentum, and sadly, he got it. Now, if you look at his career since then, it has not really panned out, and I think it's panned out the way some people would have expected when they thought, why is this guy getting the Academy Award? And since Bohemian Rhapsody, he really hasn't done anything. He's done Doolittle, but he was the voice of a creature in Doolittle that was in that really bad Robert Downey Jr. movie. And then, so that's in 2020. So from Rhapsody in 2018, he does nothing for three years. Then he does The Little Things, which is a movie that's kind of like a noir crime thriller. He is pretty awful in that. And then that same year, he's the villain in the last Daniel Craig movie, No Time to Die. And let me tell you, he is horrifically bad in this movie. There's a certain type of, of Bond villain you want to cast. In the most recent one, uh, we had... I mean, look, look, we've had Mads Mikkelsen and Casino Royale. We've had Javier Bardem. I mean, these are like top, top, top notch. And then you get Rami Malek, who doesn't have any masculinity, who doesn't exude any like diabolical evil. And he is just so miscast in this movie. It's laughable what he's trying to do. And his name in it. In the movies, Lucifer, to misspell Lucifer, but Lucifer Safin. It's horrible in that. Horrible. Then he does Amsterdam, which is the David O. Russell movie. We've talked about him quite a bit, especially in the Jennifer Lawrence episode. That's got Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Anderson. And he has a role in that, but it's not a large role. He's one of the supporting cast. And then this year he has Oppenheimer coming out. He's not top billed for that, so we'll see who he is in that movie. And then he has a movie called The Amateur coming out in 2024, which is an espionage thriller. We don't know 
how big his role is in that because it's still filming. So if you look at since Rhapsody, he's essentially done three movies in four years. And that, that doesn't say anything. Like DiCaprio doesn't do movies that often. There's also other actors who barely ever work. But I think part of it is just Hollywood is catching on that this guy can't act. Or if he, if he can act, he has a very, 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 very narrow alley where you can put him in something that works. There was a great article I read in The Independent about Malik and whether or not he's a good actor. And I want to quote this. It says, quote, Malik is a polarizing performer, an actor who injects a very specific barrel of otherworldly ticks into his characters. Watching him is almost like seeing someone, someone trying to crawl out of their own skin. Every line, a nervous whisper, his body language, tense and anxious. He is known to do a lot of experimental takes when he's doing his movies. Uh, he's admitted to this. And he's, I guess you would call a method actor, but like not all method actors, or good method actors. And I just think that given his look, and he has a unique face, we'll just say that. He's got the face of a character actor, but he has the face of a character supporting actor. He doesn't have the face of a leading man. I don't think anyone could deny that. So he's got the, you know, the dark baggy eyes. He's got the, just the weird face. And I just think that his future is the future of kind of someone like Joe Pags, somebody like that, maybe somebody like Scoot McNerney, somebody like that. You know, he, he's gonna have a role in television. He can have a role in movies, but I just think that he's a woefully bad actor. And Hollywood, I think, admits this because you don't see them running to give him roles. And in fact, he and Sam Ismail were going to do a movie after the success of Bohemian Rhapsody where he was gonna play a Muslim FBI agent working for the agency right after 9-11 and everything was green lit and then eventually the studios balked and uh, didn't want to do it. So we'll see what happens with Rami Malek. I just think it's just one of those things where he hit the right role. They couldn't find anyone else to do it because there's only so many people do it. This is why they had to snag this guy from television and he did a good job. He didn't do a great job. He should not have won the Academy Award. And now Hollywood's like, well, what do we do with this guy? <laughs> and Because he's got a unique body, unique face and everything that I think in, in my humble opinion that he's done since then has been not good at all. Now, in terms of his personal life, he has been with Lucy Boyton since 2018. Lucy Boyton plays Mary, the love interest in Bohemian Rhapsodies. Uh, you might've seen her also she was on the Netflix show, The Politician. She was also in the Christian Bale Netflix movie that came out last year called The Pale Blue Eye. And she plays, uh, that, that movie takes place in the 1820s at West Point. It's a good West Point Academy. She's a good actress. I think she's pretty talented. I've thought about doing her on a sexy Saturday. She kind of has the look that I like. So she's a British blonde actress and they've been together for five years. And I remember seeing her on the red carpet with him when he won the Academy Award. And I thought, oh, this woman's gonna leave his arse 
when he's no longer relevant. This is Robert Brefaux's law, Brefaux's law, the 19th century sociologist. I think she's only with him as long as he's relevant. And when he's no longer relevant, she's going to dump his arse because she's beautiful and could do better than Rami Malek. No offense to Rami Malek. So we'll see. If his career continues to lag like it has been doing, I think she's going to be dumping his butt. I'm making my prediction here today. Rami Malek, I wish you well in whatever career you do, whether it be television or movies. I just don't think you deserve the Academy Award I would have given to, to Bradley Cooper or to Christian Bale for that particular Academy Award. Guys, I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Rag, Spotify, and on the Facebook group. You let me know what you think of Rami Malek. Please rate and review on Apple and Spotify. It helps with the algorithm. There is a link for PayPal, and there's a link to the website, which hosts all the Eclectico Gregorio feeds. But the best way to listen to them is just on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow The Rag today. Until next time.